good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, hitting cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. I'm here with Ogama and Zoe, and we got some guests coming on. And Ogama, as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. And this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And I should say this portion of the show is supported by MN350. They've been a really great organization and a longtime sponsor here at Native Roots Radio. So happy to have them as a, as a, somebody supporting us. So um, today, Robert, we are talking about uh, Prayer Ride 2023. And I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about that and our guests that will be coming on talking about that as well. Right. And then later on, Robert Lilligren talking about some stuff uh, that's happening all over here in the Twin Cities and Turtle Island. And I, I ran into Robert for a few moments at the Capitol a couple of days ago. Uh, great news for his organization. We'll be talking about that and some national things. Uh, Ogama, before we get going here, um, was I supposed to tell Zoe to say that this portion's brought to you by? Because uh, I missed that. Uh, I think I missed that. Oh, that's okay. I think we just, we go with the flow. It's all good. I, I can save my own portion this time. That's okay. <laughs> cool. And so uh, one thing uh, before you talk about the show a little bit before our guests come on, I just want to say that, uh, you know, one of the most bizarre things that are happening uh, in our country here, meaning the United States, uh, Ogma, is... You know, we have the Republicans that are so anti-drag, trans, and all this, but they're not anti-guns in school. It's just I, it's just uh, wearing hard on me because I'm a former high school teacher, and I just wanted to say that to start out the program here is that it's it's very upsetting that uh, the other side of the table is really working smoke and mirrors with uh, all these other things that don't matter, and we should really be. Uh, taking care of some kind of gun control or at least get the guns out of hands of people that uh, should not have them. So I just had to say that uh, in, in uh, the top of the show. You know, that is something we could do an entire show about, about, um, you know, common sense gun control. <laughs> a week, yeah, a week-long uh, saga about, you know, the problems with uh, gun control and um, protecting our, our students and our young ones here in the U.S. and um, you know, what a lot of other countries are able to do that, uh, we just won't seem to implement here. So it's, um, it's something that honestly, it, it's making me consider, um, pulling my middle schooler, um, and possibly sending her to online school or homeschool because I just, uh, I, I'm worried. I'm worried for her safety. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the show. It looks like our guests are here, Ogama. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to briefly mute them as they get set up. Uh, today we are talking about Prayer Horse Ride 2023, uh, which is a coming together ride for healing, strength, awareness, prayer, and unity in honor and remembrance of uh, journalist Myron Dewey to bring awareness to Pihi Maha, also known as Thacker Pass, and the lithium mine that was just recently put through by the federal government into that sacred area, to bring awareness for our missing and murdered indigenous women and people, and to bring awareness to sacred places as well as protect indigenous freedoms, and to bring awareness about a bombing range expansion at NAS Fallon. So tonight we have uh, two wonderful guests, uh, Josh Deeney from the Walker River Paiute Tribe and AIM Nevada member, alongside Gary McKinney from Duck Valley, who is also an AIM Nevada member. Uh, welcome to you both. Um, I'm going to unmute you if you're ready to speak and uh, let us know where you're at, where the ride started. <laughs> hey, I just want to jump in, Ogama, real quick, and now I'm going to cough, um, is that I just want to say when I went to Standing Rock, uh, the four or five times that I went out there, the first person I met was Myron, and he handed me a, 
uh, well, I did, didn't just hand me, but I had to fill out some paperwork to uh, get a media pass uh, at Standing Rock. So our hearts are out with uh, the family and you guys. Uh, so welcome again for to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Oh, thank you for having us on. It's an honor. Yeah, it's it's our honor too. It's our honor too. Coming to you from uh from the uh out lot Nevada Paiute uh, territory. Um, I come from Duck Valley. Uh, with me today is uh Joshua Dini. Uh, I want to let share some space with the brother and allow him some to uh, explain a little bit about the horse ride and, and where the vision comes from. Imanahu. Joshua Dini, I'm from the Walker River Plate tribe. Myron Dewey was my older brother, and um, we had many talks of this vision of our people. And, uh, you know, we were in Standing Rock together. We uh, did other um, land, land and um, land protection, uh, food. You know, we, we protected our food source that was being uh, um, cut down. And so my brother and I would always talk about how we would uh, bring our communities together and, uh, you know, how we could stand together. And so the vision kind of came from, uh, or the idea kind of came from the Dakota 38 with the horses. Our original ways is running. That's how we got our message, messages across was running from uh, tribe to tribe. Um, but we want to do something with the horses because as we evolved, we became, uh, you know, very good horsemen, horse people. So, uh, my brother passed away, uh, 2021. And in honor of him, I wanted to continue that vision that we'd always talked about. And so we did our prayer, our first prayer ride last year, last May. And, uh, we're, our people are known as the uh, is known for the ghost dance. Our prophet Wavoka came from our our area. Um, we've always talked about our sacred sites and how nobody stands for them and protects the, the sacred site and our medicines and you know our, our tradition and our culture. And so we talked about uh, those those ways of how our prophet Wavoka was going around had of the ghost dance of bringing people together so they could stand strong and and uh, take those those uh, those sacred sites and. Um, this is our second year. Uh, it's very, very uh, amazing to to uh, see all the people that are here. I'm very proud. I'm, I know my brother is really proud. And uh, got a train coming. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, we I think everybody that's out there. Pop you on mute for a minute till that train passes, and, yeah. and we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, the <laughs> the legacy of Myron Dewey, um, who's somebody, you know, I didn't, I unfortunately didn't get to meet um, your brother in person um, before he passed, but um, you know, I know what he stood for, and um, some of the things that um, so many people credit Myron Dewey with the reason that they. Um, do the work that they do. And I think that that is so important to recognize as well. You know, that legacy that he left for us is, is so many people um, doing that work. Hey, Ogama, why don't we take a break here in a couple seconds here, and then we'll get back to these warriors and talk more. And um, and we can uh, get you to set up uh, some of the things that they said if our listening audience didn't hear. So, hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. And we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Mm-hmm. 
boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This segment of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Well, Ogama, we got some guests here, uh, some real true warriors out here doing a a, a good thing. Uh, let's get them back on the air, and maybe you can reintroduce them now. Get in the driver's seat. Now you're muted, Ogama. That's that's the kind of day we're having uh, today. We have Josh hey. Dini from the Walker Review Pirate. Walker River Paiute Tribe and a member of AIM Nevada, as alongside Gary McKinney uh, from Duck Valley and also an AIM Nevada member. And uh, these two gentlemen have organized a prayer ride for 2023, a horse ride uh, going through uh, kind of the southwest through Nevada. And uh, this ride is in uh, remembrance of Myron Dewey, but also to bring awareness to Pihi Maha, also known as Thacker Pass, which has been the site of an ongoing uh, battle for uh, protecting of sacred space against a lithium mine that uh, the federal government unfortunately um, did not honor and that mine has uh, begun uh, construction, uh, which is just deeply hurtful. So um, welcome back, uh, Josh and Gary. And if you don't mind uh, letting our guests know where your ride started and uh, where you're going to, how many miles are, are is this? Yeah, the ride started on my reservation, the Sears Walker River Paiute Tribe. Um, we're hitting six, seven communities in between. It's a 230-mile ride. And uh, this ride is to bring awareness of the issues that we're facing here in Nevada. Um, I'm not going to elaborate on the Pima, that's Brother Gary's uh, piece there, but I will uh, mention about um, the Bomber Range expansion, which uh, it's known for, it's known as a uh, Top Gun Naval Air Station. Our tribe already agreed with the proposal. Our tribe was re- received um, uh, money and land. Land amount was uh, 8,375. Uh, the expansion of what they are now at what they are at now is 535 uh, acres more uh, airspace and land space. Um, I believe that this is 
the reason why my brother was um, was killed because uh, the last last live that he did was um, he was talking about the bombing range expansion and bringing them out all the issues that was uh, that was um, occurring and so you know as a tribe we face many issues because of our constitution and their loopholes that we have and so uh our issue with us is the consultation that we have you know the companies that come in and they and they say they talk with one one council member or one tribal member and that's all they need to move forward with these um uh mining or expansions or whatever they got going on and they they want to fast track it so they you know don't don't consult with the community which i feel that you know is very important because a lot of people in our community knows the significant sites of our of our land where those uh sacred sites are at and you know the medicines and you know um how we harvest them and uh I just uh, want to thank you guys for having us on, and uh, that's my piece. And just thank you for your support. Yeah, I, I just want to elaborate, if I can, really quickly, too, for some of our guests. Uh, Myron Dewey uh, passed away in 2021 in a tragic accident, um, in a vehicle accident uh, near Yamba, Nevada, and he was just 49. Um, and there have been people who have called uh, some attention to, you know, the some of the supposed facts around around his death and and what he was covering uh was that was that bombing range expansion and um yeah, you're alone by any means in your um in your uh you know, suspicions on that and i i didn't know myron but i knew what he was doing um at that time and i personally have my own suspicions and um you know it, there's that danger when you're a native person and you're a media person um on top of it uh, depending on whose feathers you ruffle uh what could happen so um gary if you wanted to share a little bit more about uh pihi maha I, I think that's what you were going to talk about yeah i mean Thank you for having us on uh, the uh, Pahima. Um, you know, first I'm gonna introduce myself for those who don't um, who who don't know the what's going on with the doctor passing. I'll briefly get into that. Uh, my name is Gary McKinney. I'm I'm from the Duck Valley Shoshone Paiute Tribe. Um, my mom is from the Fort McDermott Paiute Shoshone Tribe, and our tribes the Duck Valley and the McDermott tribe, we share a lot of the same history, a lot of the same sites. And uh, it was only until the colonized times that, um, you know, we were set in boundaries and we were set inside these reservations. And ever since then, you know, we've been having this issue with, uh, with being, um, uh, talking to you know, and, and with this stack of passing, you know, from experiences that, you know, us as, in, as, Indigenous tribes need to be aware about what these foreign mining companies are up to. And we bring that information in a good way through this prayer and through each other and through unity and awareness. You know, we, we can no longer say that we never knew what was going on because one thing that, that I've seen is that, um, you know, these, these extraction, e extractive industries love to single out the, the tribes. And we've seen that happen with um with the Thacker Pass and the Fort McDermott Paiute Shoshone. And, um, you know, all of us are in solidarity with, uh, with many of these movements, many of these, these, uh, prayer circles around Turtle Island. And we're one of many. And with this, uh, Pihimaha thing, um, to get into the history, you know, and the Pihimaha roughly translates to, uh, Rotten Moon and it's part of an intertribal conflict. But then in the lawsuit you hear in, the papers you'll see in the news about uh, the September 12th, 1865 massacre and the history that that uh, will describe is, is where our history meets the colonized history with Wells Fargo company and, and our, our tribes and our reservations. And there was a split. And earlier, you know, we, we heard, um, we heard a train come behind us and that's part of the, uh, 
that's part of um, our where where that transition happened, you know. And back then, this issue that issue was that you know our tribes didn't have a lot of uh, options, and the the people back east, you know, they're the ones who um, they're the ones who come out here thinking that you know they they know what's best for the tribes, but as people, as community members, you know, we, we need to make each other aware. And in these times, um, you know, the, the vision that the brother Myron had and his, his brother Josh, um, you know, is something that uh, goes back generations to where we had runners. We had runners that went from uh, village to village to go spread that message that, hey, you know, there's, there's uh, something coming, be aware. <clears throat> and so... After that split, after the reservation, all that stuff, you know, the, those things were no longer allowed. And we were given given uh, little things, you know, in, in return. But, you know, do, we, we need to know our rights. We need to know th- these things that are out there. You know, we need to be aware. Um, and in this way, we, we're walking in those footsteps that our ancestors walked, you know, and, and we want to carry this uh, carry this forward sort of like, you know, um, let me tell you about my dreams, not my nightmares. And so right now is we're, we're in the point where it's all about the youth and it's all about spreading that message to our, our young people and how we're, we're going to take a stance against uh, these extraction industries because us as Native people, as caretakers of the land, it's our responsibility to look after those things and those are our instructions. Those are the teachings that we carry. And it, it's an honor to be in in in, in um, this circle that we're in today because there's a lot that, uh, you know, we have young people, we have our elders, and we have our, our runners. And today, today is a good day because, you know, we started out, it was all, it was snowing and it was windy. But once we got out to where we, we were um, going to start running, you know, the it, it opened up and it turned blue skies and... Um, yeah, so right now that's that's where we're at. That's a little bit about uh, the Pahimaha and and anything else. Just ask. I hope. Yeah. Well, we're closing in on just the last minute of this segment, and I wanted to take a moment too to let people know that you can follow Prayer Horse Ride 2023 on social media on Facebook. Um, they're live now for their day six uh, with an update, um, and they've got really great drone footage of the runners um, and the horses and the group as they um, are carrying on uh, through the cold and the wind and the snow um, in Nevada. And you know, our prayers are with you and Oak Flat and. Um, all of the things that you were there and standing for. We have many similar fights all over the nation uh, here in Minnesota. Uh, the Ojibwe and Dakota have similar fights. So miigwech for you for joining us. And uh, we hope to get an update when, when you arrive at uh, Maha. I'd like to uh, mention one more thing, if I can. Um, I just want to let everybody know that, um, you know, uh, uh, we're having a, a pre-trial for my brother's court, April 11th. It's going to be at the Tonopah District Court. And I encourage everybody to uh, call in and get on the Zoom and show the support. Um, the man that had killed my brother still hasn't seen the inside of a jail cell. Um, do you want? He wants to do a plea deal. Okay. But we don't want to do a plea deal. We want, you know... We want accountability. Oh, all right. Hey, we'll be right back. Thanks, you guys. Uh, We're going to check in again with you later. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Take care of your community by joining Metro Transit's Adopt-A-Stop program. Show your community pride by adopting a transit stop. Join us in helping keep the stop and your neighborhood beautiful and report any maintenance needs to us. 
We'll put a sign at the stop recognizing your efforts. Plus, you'll get ten free rides every month. Get details at metrotransit.org/adopt. Again, adopt a stop for Metro Transit. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line Three. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging in partnership with Trellis. I have volunteered with seniors nearly 15 years working alongside their compassionate team. I am honored to partner with Trellis as we help our elders find housing, compare costs of Medicare prescriptions, and learn how to avoid fraud and scams targeting seniors. We help our elders optimize well-being as they age, and we can help you too. Reach out today at trellisconnects.org. It's an absolute must for any true foodie. Vinaigrette at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis offers premium oils and vinegars for the most discriminating of tastes. This is Sarah Piepenberg, owner of Vinaigrette. We bottle on-site, there's no guesswork, and you get to taste test each and every oil and vinegar we offer. Our direct relationship with the growers ensures an uncompromised level of satisfaction. When you need to know you're cooking with the finest ingredients, first contact the independently owned Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Hey, this is Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Join me and Desi Doyen weeknights on AM 950, one hour of interviews, analysis, news, and snark that you need but won't get from the corporate media. Join me for the Bradcast, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on AM 950. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 17, Friday sunny with a high near 45, and Saturday partly sunny with a high around 43. Cafe Latte is a hot spot for American eats and house-made desserts in a cafeteria-style setup plus a pizza and wine bar. Cafe Latte believes ingredients matter, so that's why they never use artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Dine in at the restaurant off Victorian Grand in St. Paul or place a takeout order at CafeLatte.com. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute. Hey, what a coincidence. Hey, we are here with uh, Robert Lilligren, the CEO of Native American Community Development Institute. And Robert, welcome. I saw you at the Capitol. Things are happening. Yeah. A lot of excitement. Great to have you on. Maybe we can start out and talk a little bit about that and then uh, talk uh, some national politics after that, maybe in the next segment. Welcome. Yeah, bonjour. Bonjour, Robert. Bonjour. So good to be here. It seems... It seems like it's been a while. You've had so much going on. It's been really like, rich programming here. And so so I guess you had to go a little deeper on the bench tonight with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're always our uh... – well, I always enjoy and I know people listen to uh, our conversations and, you know um... – we we are excited to have you here and really excited about uh what's happening here in Minnesota with uh the sixteen organizations and uh right. our own Mary so Kunish. Oh yeah, Senator Kunish. Uh yeah, so you're talking about that what we call the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative or U I L I U L E and it's it's a very collaborative and sort of indigenized way of 16 organizations coming together to seek significant capital investments into our facilities here in the urban Indian community. And, you know, we've been around since many of these were founded by, by what I call our founders, 
the, the sort of founders of AIM generation and they're old. A lot of them were never buildings that were in great shape. They're leaky, they're dangerous in some cases. And so we're trying to attract sufficient capital investment from the state in, in our facilities. And it's been, it's been really a trip. And it was great seeing you at the rally on the Capitol. I thought that went really well. And Robert, were you there for the um, press conference earlier in the day as well? No, I was running around doing some uh, lobbying myself, as you know, uh, <laughs> before Thank that. You. But yeah, um, yeah, no, but I heard it was great. And I saw the preview of that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. There was a lot of media interest. And it's just a, an example of a couple of things that I think are, are really positive about the community here. And one of them is that it's uh, native driven, right? This is us steering our narrative and us being clear about what we want and what we need from our state legislature. The collaborative nature of this is really amazing. And uh, the first, this is our second time around bringing these asks to the Capitol. And this effort builds on, you know, I'd say about a decade now of real intention amongst the urban Indian orgs here in the Twin Cities to um, kind of sh- throw off that yoke of colonization that makes us, encourages us to view each other as competitors, you know, and distrustful and to really join together in an in a, in a indigenous way and support each other. And so last time we came, we had prioritized our projects. We made the strategic decision this time around, this session, not to do that. And it's, you know, we're taking this sort of all or nothing approach. And the attitude is we're not going to let the legislature divide us. You know, and right. so it's we've been holding strong in the conversation amongst the organizations is amazing as we try to figure out how not to get picked off one by one and and things like that. And I just really want to thank a couple of younger emerging leaders, or they're not really emerging anymore, but Dr. Joe Holbot of the American Indian OIC, right here on the American Indian Cultural Corridor in Minneapolis, and then uh, Marissa Cummings at the Minnesota Indians Resource Center, and she's the chair of our Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors, our regional leadership organization. And uh, and man, though they and some of the other Native leaders here have just really been uh, putting their shoulder, their nose to the grindstone and getting people, just keeping us moving. It's, it's just amazing to see. What did you think of the rally, Robert? Love the rally. Uh, you know, one of the things we played uh, the governor's uh, speech and uh, him and the lieutenant governor, I can't believe how well of uh, speakers they are without any cards or anything. He spoke for six minutes mm-hmm. and he hit almost okay. every point, you know, yeah. I, and I thought that was yeah. amazing. It is amazing. And, uh, and I really was impressed by the two young speakers at the rally that spoke about their own experience with all of these organizations, the impact that these organizations had on them and their families. And it was just, they were great. They were, it, it, it just really does my heart well when I see young emerging voices like that in our community. Absolutely. And one of the points that I always like uh, to hear and that's the way it should be is uh, one of the young warriors that spoke, she spoke about using these, uh, using yeah. these, uh, getting help from these organizations. And now she's working for one of the organization, you know, 10 years later. Right, right. I thought that was really something. And, you know, when we're talking about the, the impacts of colonization, forced assimilation, uh, genocide, it's not something that you can fix in a day right? It's something that might take a generation to fix or something. And I thought that young sister's story was so powerful. And she talked about her experience as a little girl. Right. When a house fire rendered their family homeless, she, I think they had benefited from uh, maybe half a dozen of the organizations she referenced and things like job training and job placement and all these other sort of asset-based approaches. It was really impressive. And now she's working for one of the orgs. And I just thought that's, that's that generational kind of cadence that really brings, brings me hope. And I, I connected with her afterward. I'd never met her before. And so I was really happy to meet her, look forward to supporting her, promoting her. She was quite a speaker. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get her on because what's really fun is uh, 
I've known her as a younger person, kind of powwows, oh, okay. and always say hi and kind of joke around. But then, uh, and I ate lunch too with her uh, prior to the one o'clock meeting, and uh, oh, great. we were just you know joking around, and it's just like next thing I know, she's up there you know talking to hundreds and hundreds of people about her life experience. Yeah. It's like wow, <laughs> so. Yeah. Up and talking beautifully, both those young speakers. The the second brother, I think he was from Red Lake, and I right. think his um, his remarks were very powerful. And he, he uh, you know he told his story, and you know, and then was really open and upfront about his journey uh, away from you know a journey to sobriety. Right, and and, and I thought that was really really something, and that he's. And then he talked about what he does for a living now, where he is a peer support specialist, right? Where he's helping others on their recovery, their mm-hmm. roads to recovery, and and he talked about how that reinforces his own sobriety, which I thought was really profound, and that uh, that you could just hear in his voice how proud he mm-hmm. was of the work that he's doing, and that really moved me too. The longer you. Uh give it away to keep it, the longer you'll stay sober. And, uh, it was good to hear him say that. And, and you could feel it in his, in his, uh, in his words. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's cool too, because, uh, he's more able to help somebody, uh, that's struggling right now than somebody like me with 38 years of sobriety. I mean, people can see five years or talk to a young person. Right. How did you do it? And it's like, Oh, you're old. You <laughs> probably didn't have <laughs> right. to drink too much cough syrup or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, your point is well taken. And then the very next day, I was in a regular community uh, meeting we have planning, putting strategies together to support our relatives who are living unsheltered, living without shelter, and who are struggling with um, opioid use. There's a meeting that's been going on for three years, continuously through COVID and everything. And we work on short-term, mid-term, long-term strategies. And we had uh, someone from a huge healthcare provider here who's putting together a pilot project funded by the state health department. And they need that direct community interface. So they really found it in this group that we have meeting. But the one of the big things that lifted up, again, they're doing it at White Earth Urban Office, is this peer support and peer navigation. Yeah. And just how important that is. And as we know, a Native person is going to respond so much better to another Native. You know, or a Native ally, too, because uh, Wendy, when Wendy worked in uh, at the University of Minnesota, and I just got to tell this story for her, and I, I think you've yeah. probably even heard it, is that, you know, she would have somebody come in um, that just found out they had some problems going on and she would ask him what nation they were with. And then they kind of perked up and then she would say, mm. my husband's Ho-Chunk and it knocked down a lot of walls. But uh, to see somebody True. that looks like you is an amazing thing for knocking walls down. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you had mentioned reference the governor's speech and talking for six minutes and he hit all the right points, like you said, but then also sort of outside of that, uh, that ecosystem, you know, he's really pushing things to the national dialogue and with this trifecta of Democrats that control our state, both our houses and our governor's office, those guys are tearing it up and they are governing for efficiency and always lifting up these, what democratic leadership can do for lives uh, in a state. And Michigan's kind of moving into that. And then as we move into 2024, that's going to be powerful messages. You know, the other message, too, is uh, is what they were saying about that people are watching us in Minnesota and what we're doing. And I think you're kind of alluding to that, but that was powerful. That was said mm-hmm. a few times uh, during the day. Mm-hmm. And if you look generationally, right back to the founders, the founding of AIM, the founding of our agencies, the real establishment of a fairly visible urban Indian community here. And so now what's, what do we do? For, and so we were leading you know, in activism and advocacy. And so now sort of next gen, right? We're getting into the systems, infiltrating, changing the rules to benefit us more. And and, and I agree that not a lot of this is happening in other communities. Some is, but in the urban community, there are just specific challenges to getting this kind of unity and collaboration. 
Exactly. Hey, Robert, we got another uh, another uh, segment with you, and uh, we'll be talking. Uh, well, we can finish up on this because there's a lot more to talk about. Exciting, hearing the drum and hearing uh, Clyde oh, yeah. Belcourt's Clyde Belcourt's name again, and his son was there. Just a lot of great things that happened. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and I'm here with Robert Lilligren, CEO of Native American Community Development Institute. We'll be right back. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. Take care of your community by joining Metro Transit's Adopt a Stop program. Show your community pride by adopting a transit stop. Join us in helping keep the stop and your neighborhood beautiful and report any maintenance needs to us. We'll put a sign at the stop recognizing your efforts. Plus, you'll get 10 free rides every month. Get details at metrotransit.org slash adopt. Again, adopt a stop for Metro Transit. Native American rights are on the ballot April 4th. Vote for Judge Janet Protasewicz. She values Wisconsin's tribes as sovereign nations and recognizes Native rights with fairness and integrity. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. We deserve someone that knows these things matter. In-person early voting begins March 21st. Check your municipality's early voting schedule at vote.wisdoms.org or call the Voter Protection Hotline at 608-336-3232. You can register to vote at the polls on Election Day with a photo ID and proof of residence. Your tribal ID can be used as a photo ID to vote. Stand up for your people. Vote for someone who will stand up for you and stand up for Native rights. Vote for Judge Janet Protasewicz for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. Bijou, I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. (laughs) Hey, I noticed you took your glasses off to howl, Robert. That was very sacred. Hey, (laughs) I'm here with Robert Lilligren of Native American, the CEO of Native American, Native American Community Development Institute here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, and on the, the the Native Corridor in Minneapolis, uh, discussing uh, the great things and the momentum that uh, uh, the urban uh, initiative here has going on, named after Clyde Belcourt. And uh, it's a long time coming, and it's a good thing, and it was really good to hear from Clyde's son, too. Agree. That was really meaningful. So the, you know, here we've been looking for different ways to honor Clyde Belcour, his wife Peggy, who both uh, walked on fairly recently, and and there's been a lot going on, and there's still a lot of conversation about ways to make sure that we're honoring Clyde, Peggy, and really this whole founding generation. But we, the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative, uh, is named for Clyde Belcour, so it's the Clyde Belcour Urban Indian Legacy Initiative, and then um, his son was there to speak. And it was so powerful and very emotional. It was very emotional because we we didn't. It wasn't that long ago that Clyde walked on, and so it's still right. very, very fresh. But that gen, again, that generational through line, I think it's it's so important to lift up. Yeah, really, and it, it's it's really good. And we we were talking about before the last segment ending uh, how important it is to have the drum there and our 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 singers um, and. Um, that that gets emotional, but for many different reasons, for many different people. 
Right. And, you know, so I, I have this place that I always park when I go to the Capitol. It's a little bit of a ways away. So you're a few steps in, but it's always been my kind of spot. And so as I was walking toward the Capitol, I could hear that drum from blocks and blocks away. And it's just like, yeah, I'm coming. It was like calling me and I'm sure lots of others. It was out in the of the sort of what do you call those porticos or whatever the entry part of the capital our capital is gorgeous and huge right. so there's this big open space and the sound was just blasting out over the mall and mm-hmm. it was it was moving well and you know there's a lot of stuff going on at the capital uh too that has to do with uh native americans directly or indirectly too and that's been exciting to see whether it's the new bill for uh, our own Minnesota uh, uh, ICWA bill uh, that was passed, which is huge, especially with the right. the scary stuff with the Supreme Court coming, Robert. Right. I think that so it's putting ICWA protections in place at the state level in case ICWA is overturned at the federal level, overturned by the Supreme Court, and you know once again Senator Mary Kunash is leading the charge she has they we have our wonderful native caucus there what a, i'm trying to remember how many it is now five or six women strong that are pushing these things and so it's just it it demonstrates the importance of ha- or importance of having that place at the table of being some of our people being willing to go into these really unwelcoming spaces and then we as a community supporting them and i i think that um i'm trying to remember what they call the bill the minnesota equa bill but it's, um, I think it only had one dissenting vote in the Senate or something like that, which is amazing. And it really think shows the strength of um, our Native representation at the Capitol. Absolutely. And you've probably, uh, in all the committees that you are, and we've <laughs> joked about how many you're in, but you're always teaching. You're always teaching about uh, Native Americans and people want to know and people... Um, you know, want to be allies and they want to do things in a good way. So it's important to, to be out there like you are. Well, thanks. That's very kind, Robert. And I just had a great opportunity this last week. So I serve as an officer of this, our city, Minneapolis's Convention and Visitors Association that does destination management. And it's kind of a, it focuses a lot on downtown, but it's really for the whole city. But it's sort of the, the downtown people, right? The shakers and movers. And we had our annual meeting uh, uh, last week and we unveiled our land acknowledgement for the first time. And it's a, it's a good one, but uh, my point is always, you know, land acknowledgements, great step, great awareness building. And, and then what? What's the action? What's the plan? And so I was invited to speak. We opened um, the event with a song we had a young dakota brother um austin owen who oh. uh honored us with a song and it was wonderful and then our outgoing chair read the land acknowledgement for the first time in public and then i was invited to speak and i was given mm-hmm. you know whatever three four minutes and uh and i kept checking with the leadership and everything I'm like, okay this is what i'm going to say is that okay is that okay mm-hmm. and so i really was able to lay it down in an authentic way and and just say you know talk about about everyone's responsibility to do something to address the the trauma of colonization genocide. I got to use you know words like genocide at lunchtime, you know, and and I mean, and I thought I was going to be really heavy. I was expecting to hear some gasps in the crowd and stuff, but the um, response across the board, native, non-native people really appreciated it and you know our theme was shake it up and authentic conversations and and it ended up being just the right way to start start the annual meeting and and to educate people right there are people that don't know anything about that you know so right right history well it's interesting i think uh you know a lot of organizations are trying um you know, the, the Cleveland baseball team changed their name. And then with big pressure, the Washington football team changed their name. Uh, we we have our, our, our store, uh, a micro uh, store at the Twins game all season this year. And so, oh, you cool. know, but that's another of a, a little opening in the crack of the door to have us uh, step through in, in a good way. 
Right. That's your exact. And it's, you know, it's not just happening, you know, uh, accidentally, right. This has been right. years and years of strategy of aligning, aligning messages of native people deliberately reclaiming their narrative. But uh, and I think one of the points I made when I spoke to this annual meeting, it's like 550 influencers from downtown Minneapolis and was that, you know, Native people know what we want. We can steer our narrative, and then the broader community needs to hear that and act. And I lifted up the uh, name change Epidemicosca here yeah. in, in Minneapolis. That was formerly named after a slaveholder. You know, it was kind of odious, and uh, and there was a big movement that launched in the Native community, really centered around descendants of the people that used to live on the shores of that late but then the broader community heard that and responded and acted and so the name got changed it was a multi-year process but now it's Benamacosca and everyone knows how to pronounce it right it took me a little bit uh you know my old junior high here in St. Paul was uh changed Robert to uh from Ramsey you know because we live in Ramsey County which is the same thing with Calhoun except I heard it would cost so so much to uh change the name of a county but they changed the name of uh my uh junior high to hidden river uh junior oh, high lovely. like it's oh, a, it's amazing cool. so inch by inch things are happening and uh in a good way and uh we just got to keep amplifying and speaking up and putting putting forth the women and our young ones to speak for us too that's it exactly uh, a little bit of work, and we've talked about this before, that my organization has been doing is down in the Central Riverfront or in the city of Minneapolis. This very desirable uh, little pa- little area that helps define Minneapolis. You know, we grew up around the falls that we were, you know, the city was. And of course, there were thousands of years of history there beforehand. And so the the leadership of this effort were committed to putting this whole project under native control. Hopefully it'll end up with the land going under native control. And just in the last few months, there's been uh, a transfer. The organization's board, which was some of the richest people in Minneapolis, is now a major- majority native. The new CEO of the organization is Shelly Buck, who is an elected official in the Prairie Island community. Yeah. She's vice president of the, of the, band, of the tribe. And uh, she's working right in this place. And so... So that was our work was to get it to that point to set that table, and now we'll see where it goes. Now that really is under control. Great update as always, Robert Pinigigi for being on. We'll see you next <coughs> week, and I'll see you in the community, which is always awesome to see you uh, running around just like I am. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you are part <laughs> of the resistance. From Chief Plenty Coops, the ground in which you stand on is sacred ground. Free Leonard Peltier now.